1: Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Max Burns, TYT contributor and Rebel HQ superstar should be a fascinating analysis. Top story of the day, Donald Trump forgets that his own policy would have put to death an individual he brags about saving. Also, Governor Ron DeSatan, who's running for president, is a jobs killer and we got the proof. Let's first go to the Trump interview classic, here it is. I focused on nonviolent crime. As an example, a woman who you know very well, was in jail. She had 24 more years to serve, she served for 22 years. She had- Alice Johnson. Alice, she was in the Super Bowl. High
2: quality, yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? As a drug dealer. No, no, no. Under my, oh, under that, uh, it would depend on the severity, it would depend on the severity.
0: She's technically a former drug dealer. She she had multi-million dollar cocaine ring. Any drug dealer. Look.
1: So even Alice Johnson and that ad. She can't do it, okay? By the way, if that was there, no, she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now, so you wouldn't go to the- No, but your policy- Exactly. You saw that, right? Donald Trump probably forgot about his policy because he just talks. Most of the time, he just talks ish. So while he's talking, he forgets his previous proclamation. Is it not ironic that the dude from, you know, Fox News gives a tougher interview than anyone I have ever seen at CNN? It was actually a fascinating interview that created significant ripples from that moment. That's just one of them. Now remember, he's number one. He's polling number one in the Republican primary. Many polls have him defeating even current President Joe Biden. But that one moment is a highlight of his internal and external policy, which is to simply say whatever he chooses to say. In order to win the moment, he's not trying to actually win for people. And so he offers one narrative that Paints himself inside of a picture that shows him to be, you know, progressive on a particular policy, while at the same time, he's not. And then when challenged, he basically says, Yeah, yeah, she she can get some too. Now, let's go to DeSantis. All right, the numbers are in, a new Florida law. Cracking down according to the law on undocumented immigrants. Signed last month by far right governor Ron DeSantis and said to take effect on July 1st has pushed thousands of workers to flee the state, thousands. Now even some capitalists and republicans who otherwise support DeSantis and the state's GOP controlled House and Senate, Are beginning to speak out against DeSantis about how they feel the law is likely to hurt their bottom lines. Now, before I get into the rest of the numbers and the background, keep in mind the cultural war that Governor Ron DeSantis has waged typically did not adversely impact individuals like this. So they were sitting back, cheering him on, saying, Yes we support your values even though your values are bigoted antithetical and racist. But when those bigoted antithetical and racist values permeate into a policy that impacts the bottom line of conservative capitalist all of a sudden, whoa, what are we doing here? This is not a good policy, DeSantis. Well, it wasn't a good policy to start. This is just Let's just call it a maturing of the original sentiment. He proposed that you supported. There's more Florida right wing lawmakers. Florida right wing lawmakers, passage of Senate Bill 1718. Thousands of working class immigrants, including many who are residing lawfully in the US have opted to leave the state of Florida. The new law places harsh restrictions on undocumented immigrants, among other things. It also requires the repayment of certain economic development incentives. If the state which plans to conduct random audits of businesses finds or is notified that an employer has knowingly employed an undocumented immigrant without verifying their employment eligibility. Now here's the irony of this, the DeSantis is actually correct on the policy. Let me say that again. The irony of this is that DeSantis for that one part is correct on the policy. The federal government says it is illegal to hire a person who is undocumented. Okay, knowingly so. But when you see undocumented workers being arrested and the camera crew being present, you never see the hiring manager or the CEO, Or the human resources officer, you never see them being placed in handcuffs. They typically will receive a civil penalty, a fine, they will call it. But everybody else gets arrested. So while he's actually correct on the implementation, or at least on paper, he's now going against the status quo of his capitalist friend. At the end of this, DeSantis will absolutely revoke this proclamation against business owners. He will turn, change. He will see the light and not restrict their ability to make profit. There's more. At the bill signing on May 10th, DeSantis, who is now campaigning for president, slammed Joe Biden's lacks immigration policy saying, and I quote, we have to stop this nonsense. This is not good for our country. This is no way to run a government, end quote. Data released earlier this month showed that unauthorized crossings of the US Mexico border fell sharply after the Biden administration imposed new asylum restrictions that went into effect. Then Title 42 ended on May 11, Undermining DeSantis dubious uh, uh, accusation of inaction at the border, Immigrant rights groups have condemned Biden's crackdown on asylum seekers saying the president's new ban deepens the bipartisan abandonment of international human rights law said a motion by the Trump administration I concur Biden has doubled down on these very dangerous very insensitive policies and the truth is destabilization of any nation destabilization of any nation will lead to a mass exodus. And if you do not have a holistic strategy in order to at least address why the destabilization is occurring, and you're only going to arrest or deport yourself out of the dysfunction of the destabilization, you will be here every single year, no matter what. There's more. Meanwhile, in Florida, DeSantis xenophobic approach, has sparked fears that a labor shortage will leave crops unpicked, tourist hotels short of staff, and construction sites idle. The Tallahassee Democrat noted notably, concerns are emanating from some Republican proprietors. How can one man listen to this? They are asking, how can one man pass one law and destroy All these businesses in Florida. As Williams, it's almost like he's doing it on purpose, he says. I know he's doing it for politics, but if the end results, it's going to be hard. You see, Williams, you know why this is happening to you, sir? Because when he did it based on one law to black protesters, you said nothing. When he did it against members of the LGBTQ community, you said nothing. When he utilized the power of the governor's office to penalize a private's company right to political speech, you said nothing. And now he's knocking at your door and you have no neighbors willing to speak up for you because you did not speak up for them. That's what's happening in Florida and that's the plan he's bringing to this nation. Max
2: thoughts. Hey, Dr. Richie, thanks for having me. I, I think what you showed here clear as day is that these two Florida men, what they have in common is that they're very strongly for you know, executing drug dealers, cracking down on illegal immigrants, as long as they're not their friends. When Donald Trump knows a person, well then executions off the table, because that's obviously a different case. And we see from these Florida businesses, a lot of them thought they were Ron DeSantis's friends. And now that his ambitions have gotten bigger, they're maybe not in that inner circle anymore and they're gonna be treated just like the rest of us. And they really don't like that. But it is it is kind of mind blowing to see Donald Trump just forget that he said he wanted to execute every drug dealer. Right. I mean, this really shows you where the GOP is at. You don't need a coherent policy. You don't even need to remember your own policies. Just throw the red meat and and the voters will follow you. And that puts us in a really dangerous position as a country.
1: And that is the way they govern. In addition to campaigning this way, they govern this way. Innocent man freed after 30 years, let's go to the footage.
3: long journey, but it's over with, partially over with, huh? You're so fighting. Yeah, so yeah fighting. One for my own. I called him my dream team. <laughs> That's what it is. Thank you all very much.
1: 30 years, he served 30 years for a crime he never committed. Put up the picture for a mask. Let me give you the story of Mr. Larry Moses. A newly freed New Orleans man who served 30 years for a crime he never committed. In 1995, Mr. Moses was sentenced to life in prison for two counts of first degree murder based on the false witness testimony provided. He's now being granted a new trial celebrating this milestone victory. Quote, it's unbelievable, you know, from the dungeon. To back to life again, he told WWL television. According to the Innocence Project, January 1994, a suspect approached two people at the intersection of Felicina and Humanity Streets. This was in an attempt to rob them before fatally shooting both victims. Six months later, a man who saw his ex-girlfriend with Moses, went to police and fingered him in the two slayings. Mr. Moses without any evidence was convicted based on the identification and that of another witness who claimed to identify him by his voice as the killer. In addition to being convicted of a crime he has maintained for decades, he did not commit Innocence Project New Orleans attorney Cheryl Arnold said Moses barely escaped the death penalty due to a single jurors vote. Mr. Moses is innocent. He has provided evidence of his innocence, Arnold said to WWL television. Arnold said that Innocence Project investigators found the state withheld evidence to the defense. And Moses' conviction was based on a false testimony. Jurors also discounted witness testimony that Moses wasn't in town when the shooting happened. He was granted post conviction relief, and the verdict of his initial trial was vacated in late May. But he still is fighting. You see, the charges were not dropped by the district attorney's office. He's been granted a new trial, the attorney said. The 68 year old father to 18 children, grandfather to 30, and great-grandfather to four. He's happy to be returning home to see his huge family, despite the prospect of being tried on the murder charges again. Moses is looking forward to making up lost time with his family. Mr. Moses was very happy, not upset, did not hold a grudge, wanted to move on with the life he has left. He's moving on. The DA's office obviously is not. So allow this segment to be a reminder of the dysfunction of of our criminal justice system, especially for black males in America. This man was convicted with absolutely zero evidence to corroborate and evidence presented that definitely screamed reasonable doubt. But it did not matter, especially back then. He was a black male accused of a heinous crime. And if it had not been for one single member of the jury who in the penalty phase voted not to kill him, the man would be dead today. And everybody in his family and all of his community would have believed that he possibly committed these murders, but he never did. The question now is how many? Have we executed in this nation who were innocent of their crimes, but their stories are sealed because of corrupt as officials who refused to present the evidence required? And why are those officials never arrested? Why are they never penalized when story after story shows they are the ones who intentionally manipulated the facts, obstructed justice, filed false reports, and engaged? professional misconduct the storyline is the state withheld evidence and nothing more max thoughts
2: i mean the grace this man has is incredible to be able to come out of prison and smile and to be gracious and to just want to move on but i i worry that in a way this is a celebration that shouldn't have had to happen as you note i mean there is something deeply wrong with our justice system and it is intentional in many cases You don't accidentally withhold evidence from the defense. You know exactly what you're doing. I mean, go back 2000 years to ancient Rome, hardly a, a progressive paradise. They wouldn't even convict someone on a single eyewitness. Even then we knew that eyewitnesses were not great sound things without supporting evidence. But this is something where a prosecutor had a predetermined outcome in mind. They likely gave it no more thought than any of the other trials they had that month. And they sent him away but for the conscience of one person he'd have been killed and we never would have known the truth and now the important thing is how does the state reckon with this not just to make it right for him but for everyone else who could become him
1: that's right we will follow this story i do expect some sort of lawsuit to be filed very soon Uh, but right now he's technically still fighting murder charges that everyone says
4: he never actually committed
1: Hell of a thing, bed, bath and beyond, accused of being a racist because they called the police on customers who were simply shopping. Here's a video. So um, apparently someone called us, they thought maybe we were shoplifting or something. Okay.
0: Do you know who place they called? I do not. Okay, well, it, was, it was a store. Yes. So do you know, it, was, I mean, it would have been one of your employees. What,
3: what would you like, what do you need help with?
0: I'd like to understand why they were called, right? That's very like simple. Why were the police called? With the three black people thinking that we were shoplifting. Okay. I paid $600 for my thing, so obviously I, w- I didn't shoplift. Mm-hmm. I won't understand why you thought we was shoplifting. You didn't place the call, but one of the employees did. I would like to know why. Okay. All
3: right.
0: I mean, I mean, I think that's standard, right? I'm not being Are hostile you or anything. Because uh, he, was, he asked
3: the woman that we paid. I don't care. I mean, if there's
0: the big purchase items, that type of thing, there's usually a
3: question. We just want to make sure.
0: Okay, usually a question. I can understand that. But police being called, I can understand that. Right, you you also use a question, so maybe the store will ask a question. Or maybe you are follow me, maybe you follow me around, Rachel, sure. But. can
3: you come to the front?
0: But that's not what happened. The police were called potential shoplift, which we, means that- We call the someone police
3: all the time, they have our backs. We okay, well, backs that's
0: fine. Them. But you call, You didn't call the police, because we didn't shoplift. You called the police because you thought we I spent six hundred dollars. I paid my money, I didn't shoplift. Did anybody you say anything, did,
3: anything say- did anybody
0: say Yeah, anything? the officer asked her, did we pay? Okay. So someone did say something, I did pay. But what happens is ask. you called the police while we were still on this yeah. side of the store. We were here for over an hour. So you call police when we first really got in here? Okay, time
3: out. I'm in. She's coming time. up. I hear what you're okay. saying. Okay, sure. Come on. They want to know
0: why the police were called, and they want to talk to
2: the person who did it, and they want to know why they did it. Basically, murder. yeah, while well, we were profiled, exactly. Oh, I have a call. You call? It's my
0: right. It's your right to do what? Well. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You it right? So your right to do what?
3: To call.
0: Because you thought the three black people were shoplifting, why? They didn't
3: say
0: you called the police, you said we have a potential shoplifter. So you did say that.
3: So- no, I'm recording. You lost well,
1: your mind. Are you with these guys, or? No, she's not with us, but she can stay. I have more video, and what you hear in the background are other customers being made aware of what's happening. So they start recording. As well. Now, there are three uh, quotes that I want you to remember. One, big purchase items, there's usually a question, one worker says. Another comment, we call the police all the time, they have our back. Third comment, it's my right to call the police, continue. I,
0: mean, I just want to know, so sir, to make sure I'm not hostile, I'm not being violent, I just want to know. Why the store called the police because they thought we were shoplifting? We just purchased a new home, right? We came in because you all are closing. It's a closing sale. I didn't realize it was like a maximum number of items you could buy, right? So we were not shoplifting, but the police were called because you thought we were, because they have.
3: But we're going to be able to resolve this. I don't know what you want us to say but I don't
0: care if the white, black or green. You know, if somebody is walking around with big high ticket items. There's a lot of people walking around with high ticket items. I mean, Dyson's, so right. we're, the fine high that's, ticket items. That's item?
3: why they locked it up to the counter
0: so that. So wait, Here's another thing, sir, just so we have the record straight. The high ticket items, the most of thing I had in my bucket was the vacuum that y'all took from me and put you, behind the you counter.
3: You opened it when we got oh, there. So the high ticket, know, ticket it. items, I mean, that's people
0: people so to be clear, You all called the police because the high ticket items were in our budget. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're not getting anywhere. So if you got a complaint, follow the complaint with their corporate office. Okay. Well, we're done here. Our our involvement is done. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. You. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Okay. Okay. So what I'm asking you is, when you all came out. And they said we had 3% shoplifters, they describe us at all, they didn't they let you know who we were? Two black males. Two black males, yes. okay. And so y'all didn't come find us, y'all just stayed here until we came out, right?
3: The main thing was nothing was concealed.
2: So that's right. why we just stood by the door and we let it go. And right. I even mentioned that they could be paying for this. Right. So that's why we didn't okay. approach or we didn't come up to them.
1: Okay. The irony of this, let me first say to the individual who documented this, thank you. We need more like it. Also to the officer, The officer said, listen, the reason we did not even approach you is because there was nothing concealed. And we even told the store, um, they're probably just buying things. Wow, the police are saying to loss prevention. This is a little too racist for us to deal with. So we're going to just let this one go, all right? All right, call us when there's something here. And then the workers acting as if they are unaware as to what he's looking for. He's looking for an apology, an apology. He's looking for remedy and conversation because the apology acknowledges the humanity of the other person that you just violated. They were shopping, they're patrons. They're spending money in your establishment, helping pay your wages, promoting your company who obviously needs it because they're going out of business. So he's there and this is the way you respond to a very simple and very appropriate question. Why call the police on a paying customer? All right, Uh, we'll see if the company has a collective response. Max. What are your thoughts here?
2: Well, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the racism was too overt for the police to get involved. I mean, how does that happen? This encounter is textbook. I mean, it should be played for people in how you handle these situations. And the reason those employees couldn't explain why this happened wasn't because they didn't know. It's because they said some things to each other that they were suddenly very uncomfortable saying in front of this person. And why were we never approached? because they were clearly intimidated. and it's it's part of that fear and and criminalization of black people for just existing. I mean, when when told that they were suspected of shoplifting, and the police say, well, they're not hiding anything, they could just be shopping. I mean, that's something that happens every day in this country. It's an indignity black people face every time they go out to shop. and this this person handled it expertly,
1: yeah, very well, documented it appropriately made sure that the right questions were posed. I do hate that we have to continue to remind people we're not being violent or aggressive when a Karen can be violent and aggressive and complain and still not be arrested, Um, but he did it properly. And at this point, obviously, at least the branch in Ohio, uh, where this happened, bed, bath and beyond should release a statement. All right, we got more. On the other side is indisputable, stick and stay.
4: All right, welcome
1: back. Always good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda and a lot of comments. All right, kind of pressed for time, so forgive me. I will read as many comments as I can and then continue. All right, very interesting. Very interesting, okay, so we have next TYT reporter. Is any compensation required for being falsely in prison for 30 years? It depends on the state. Some states have a rule that provides a fixed amount. Other states have a rule that provides a calculation. That calculation is typically based on what they determine to be your future earning income potential. So let's say for example, if you were a medical doctor, When the state violated you, you would get way more money. than if you were someone who worked at a minimum wage job. I don't like that rule per se, but also don't like some of the variations of the other rule. All right, okay, uh, Michael, see Michael Henson, thank you for that. They call the police all the time, really bad, bath and beyond. You forgot to say, call the cops on black people all the time, exactly. And what was the hot ticket item again? Because I never understood that part. High ticket item? Which one? Because I didn't hear one hot ticket item. It was regular stuff you got to get for your house. All right. And agnostic sister, this is exactly why I do not support the death penalty anymore. There you have it. All right. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would.
2: You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a you Sunday? Know, you're I feel great. Back off. I'm come, there's
0: an African-American man threatening my life. I'm sorry. I don't want I my neighbor. My my
3: I, <laughs> I don't want the food. I my neighbor. i I don't want no. the food to
4: cook. I'm I'm not not We
3: Sorry, okay. let Sorry, you you not free, you have to call the the manager? Yeah, the manager. and I'm not going to for that.
4: Okay, give
3: you
0: my we I'm Christian. That's i Christian. I, okay. I, I, I don't want to argue with you. You got I don't want to argue with you. I'm not going to I don't want to argue you. I, I, to the so, so, I don't,
3: I don't serve, call call to you. serve you. I don't serve you. Not that you can serve by Not that
4: are not to yourself.
3: I'm not even talking to you. Okay? You
4: I you your
1: you fascinating. The Karenicity in this one runs deep. Put up the picture full mask. He's at a Chinese restaurant ordering Chinese food and gets upset at the Chinese restaurant workers because they have a Buddha statue. The hell, this was filmed at a Chinese restaurant in Albuquerque, New Mexico of all places. Soon after he noticed the statue of Buddha inside of the store. That's an individual right there who wants to make America great again. Guarantee you that, that is a MAGA supporter. But do you not find it quite, I guess, telling? The individuals who proclaim to be patriots and who proclaim to love America actually hate what America stands for. These same individuals will say they love this country but hate diversity, (laughs) love this country but hate freedom of speech as it relates to other people, love this country. But they do not love the part that gives you freedom of religious expression. See, these are the sentiments of the nation that makes us quite unique from other places. So if you love America, but hate everything that America at least aims to stand for. You have to ask yourself the question, what do you really love? Because it's definitely not the sentiment expressed. Uh, Big ups to the workers, I thought they uh, handled this quite appropriately. And to the others who chimed in to let the guy know basically being a jerk. All right, Max thoughts here.
2: I'll tell you, if this guy's mad about the Buddha, he's going to be furious when he realizes Albuquerque is an Arabic word that means plum. <laughs> you know, but I, I doubt he could tell you one thing about what that Buddha is, except that it's something he doesn't recognize. Right. And the reality is, as you said, people in this situation want religion for themselves. But they also want the authority to go into these places and tell businesses what they can display. At no point were they preaching to him about Buddhism, at no point did anyone mention it. And it is though such a typically Karen thing that the biggest arguments start with someone who says, I'm not trying to start an argument. Uh, This guy went in looking for a fight And to me, the hero of this is the young woman who walked up there and placed her order and just ignored the guy like he wasn't even there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate that people who work in these service industries, um, especially uh, food service have to endure this. I worked in food service myself and remember the challenges dealing with contrary egos like you just saw. Big ups to those who continue to gracefully, and professionally serve food to undeserving people like him. A bigot guns down a black lesbian in front of her girlfriend, all right? Put up the picture full of mass. okay? Sad story, this was in Texas, 23 year old. Jacob Stanford has now been charged with one count of murder. In the brutal slaying of a 24 year old, Akira Ross. He allegedly shouted anti gay slurs before shooting and killing the woman in front of her girlfriend. There's more. According to a probate cause affidavit, officers with the Cedar Park Police Department at about 10 PM on June 2nd, 2023 responded to a call regarding a reported shooting at the Circle K convenience store. Upon arriving at the scene, first responders say they observed a black Nissan sedan at one of the pumps. Next to the car, they found Ross, who was lying on the back in a pool of dark red blood. Williamson County Emergency Medical Services arrived a short while after, and at 10 5 PM pronounced her dead. Surveillance camera footage showed a newer model Chevy Malibu, Allegedly driven by Stanford, entered the gas station at 9:42 p.m. It also parked around that time. Stanford entered the store, came out less than two minutes later. Police and uh, excuse me, police say he can be seen returning to his car, grabbing something from the inside, tucking it into his waistband of his shorts. Ross's girlfriend told the police that when Ross walked into the store, she said that Stanford was waving his gun around in the parking lot. That's when the girlfriend got the text telling the cashier to call the police. Ross then exited the store, had another exchange with Stanford. Stanford walked over to to Ross and was standing in front at the front of the car. Stanford then acted like he was going to walk back to his vehicle, vehicle, but instead walked to the rear. Well, Ross's vehicle, the affidavit says, the witness heard Stanford Yale a slur against the LGBTQ community and then fired three rounds. The male then ran towards his car, drove away. It's called hate, bigotry and radicalization. Now, we don't have all of the motive information, we have what has been presented by way of eyewitnesses and surveillance, obviously there's bigotry, obviously there is hate. And perhaps there's even a level of radicalization that has happened in the atmosphere of this country. Remember, cause and effect still exist in America. If Donald Trump would not have told his followers to go to the Capitol, You do not get a massive terrorist attack on January 6th. You may still have some expressions of terrorism happening on behalf of Donald Trump, but if Trump never said go do this thing now, it doesn't happen the exact same way. That is not to discount the reality of their responsibility for doing the deed. But it is to highlight the very real connection between act and actor. So here we have a very sad story of a person who's dead, who simply was going to the store to get gas. That's it. Now they're dead. Hate ruling the nation while legislation is being passed by people like DeSantis and others, compounding the hate, neglecting the rights, everyday people, because they may not agree with the personal choice. I thought this was the land of the free. All right, Max. thoughts.
2: Well, what's so staggering about this and what I think is so important in what you said is that this isn't some random act. This is a culture of violence, anti-gay, anti-trans attacks have grown every year over the past few years and that's not just by chance. It's when Ron DeSantis criminalizes being openly gay, it's when you see MAGA pastors saying that their congregations should follow in the footsteps of Islamic suicide bombers to stop gay communities from taking over our country. It's when they target stores and places of worship during pride month for attacks for driving vehicles into buildings in some cases. They are being told by the right with no pushback that these are not human beings, that they are a problem that they should be eradicated as the daily wire said. And people like this will pick up a gun and gladly do that.
1: Well said, dear brother, sad reality, well said. All right, we got more on the other side,
4: it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome
1: back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, always good stuff. All right, let me go to the first one. Interesting. G. Martinez Mack just took me completely out. This ain't supposed to be funny, but Doc did it. I wasn't ready. Uh, talking about the male care man at the um, Buddha. Ron Moore, oh my God, there's a sombrero in this Mexican restaurant <laughs> and a leaning table pizza in this Italian restaurant. Clutches pearls. It's a good point. C Michael here thank you C Michael. I'd be anything that this same male Karen would protest the removal of a confederate statue flag or monument that part because it's what? Heritage he would say. Twitch, Morbert underscore, imagine being so strong in your faith, that a Buddhist statue sets you off. I know you're right about that. I mean, he's weak in his Christian walk, obviously. If that's going to get you set off, I agree. That's a weak Christian. Fascinating. Gerlock absolutely enrages me. Talking about the um, woman who's gone down, killed. I just do not understand. How do you feel so much hateful person you do not even know? How can you despise somebody so much? Well, they have never wronged you. I just cannot wrap my head around it. You can't, and don't try, okay? It's not going to help at all. Just understand that individuals who are routinely degraded in the societal construct are dehumanized in the mind of those who believe the rhetoric, all right? All right. Hell of a story Tulsa police officers engaged. In a cover-up, they abused an elderly woman. Here's the video.
4: She's been here
0: since 11, I told you if LH for four hours. They, they said you've been here for four hours. Well, you know, time is- <laughs> Too bad I it doesn't look, look like you. this <laughs> way. I know, right?
3: They're <laughs> trying to break down the door. All they break is- Quit spraying yeah. the door. I didn't Quit spraying the door. Well, Just one minute when I'm clear No, you come out and leave. No, thank you. Why are you
0: doing that?
2: Get away from me! Get away, get away! Get
3: away. I, I get me. love my job! Rufus, in, Rufus, I need you! Rufus, you need you. Rufus, it, Rufus, you you. Rufus Ready? Ready? Yep. One. One! 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 Rufus! I need you, Rufus! I need you, Rufus! Oh, she's okay. L- um... What are you doing?
4: How many did my son pass?
3: Out uh, of Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank can we get it. In, sir? Oh, This is not right. Mm-hmm. Heather, Heather, would you call Cass, my son? No, no. Why? What did no, I do? No, no. Okay, all right, whatever. I'm trying Why, to do no, the best uh, I can. Not out.
3: my uh, rings, please.
4: My rings, please. Can I have zebra, my rings?
3: Why are you taking my rings? Why? I don't
4: understand,
1: why are you doing this to me, why are you doing this? 70 year old elderly woman was experiencing a bipolar episode. The officers engaged in action to escalate and to taunt this 70 year old woman. Now the department is engaged in a cover up of their own. We brought you this story when it first happened. This is the update, put up the picture full mask. In October 2021, the Tulsa Police Department caught fire when bodycam footage showed responding officers heckling and threatening to tase a 70 year old great grandmother. Her name is LaDonna Paris. She was suffering from a bipolar episode. Public outrage sparked an investigation into the officers nearly six months after the incident. Now the department is violating its own policy by keeping the results a secret refusing to release the information to the public Department spokesman Captain Richard Mullenberg the fourth confirmed in an email the investigation is complete but would not say which officers were under review what investigators found or whether any officers were disciplined. Let me give you the background. Donna Paris was 70 years of age, graduate student at Phillips Theological Seminary, when 911 began receiving calls about her erratic behavior. According to the lawsuit filed May 2022, paramedics offered to take Ms. Paris to the hospital, but she refused and drove off as police officers, Ronnie Karashia, and Dalen Root arrived, court records of video footage show. Officers followed Ms. Paris to a Habitat for Humanity restore. This was in East Tulsa, where she locked herself in an upstairs bathroom for nearly four hours, once again, a mental health issue. One officer called Ms. Paris a cuckoo bird and threatened her with a taser outside of the bathroom. According to the body camera footage, Paris was hallucinating, paranoid. The footage clearly shows she was in medical mental distress. The officers and T.Y. Burns kicked in the door, knocked Miss Paris down. Handcuffed her, took her to jail, not to a hospital like she should have been taken. Thousands watched the edited footage, which was posted by Paris's son. This was in March 2022. The department finally responded at that time with a statement that said officers did not violate police policies. An Oklahoma watch investigation found that officers actions conflict with policies outlining the department's values, use of force and treatment of people suffering from mental illness. Oklahoma watch sued the city. And the and the police department over its refusal to provide the incident report for Ms. Paris's arrest, which is a public record. The lawsuit is still open. So we're going to provide some help uh, to Oklahoma Watch. Uh, so now what I encourage people to do is call that police department, email that police department, and do not allow this to go being kicked under the rug. The reason why they're doing this is because they believe that Ms. Paris has no community connected to her. But they are sadly mistaken. This community is connected to Miss Paris. This community is connected to good governance. This community supports good police and good police tactics. And we will stand against those that are contrary to the good of those they come against. So she does have a community backing her to the Tulsa captain and to the chief. I highly recommend that you simply release the information as it is a public record. Remember the law states that any attempt to manipulate the release of information under an open records request or the Freedom of Information Act known as FOIA is in fact a criminal violation. I remind you of that now, Max thoughts.
2: Well, it's the laughter, isn't it? That really is what makes us burn so much. These are officers who are having a good time with this. I mean, they're laughing because they know this woman isn't a threat. She's a tiny 70-year-old woman. They know that they've got as much time as they want, so they screw with her. They shake the door. They threaten to hurt her. They threaten to tase her. They get her wound up. And then they kick the door in. I mean, this is the laughter and the peace of mind of people who know that they're not going to face public accountability. Who feel that they are above the people they police. And the fact that this department isn't even going to pretend to comply with open records laws shows you just how far gone it is. I mean, this is something that in a just world, the Department of Justice would be looking into.
1: That's right. The Department of Justice should be looking into this now. Hopefully, there's an update by next week. Michigan cop decides to, well, violate the rights of another individual, physically assault them. Well, that cop is now in trouble. Let me take you to the video. Here it is. put up this coward full mass, keep him up. A Warren, Michigan police officer is now facing charges in an excessive force incident that happened inside of the jail last week. That was a black teenager that he struck, defenseless teenager who provided Obviously zero, zero threat to the officer. I'm going to show you how swift this cop was dealt with. The officer has been identified as Matthew Rodriguez, who was placed on administrative leave following the incident. The Macomb County prosecutor said the officer is charged with assault and battery, he's been on the force 14 years. Let me give you more background to the incident. So the video released by the Warren Police Department shows the officer talking to the suspect, then hitting the suspect with his right hand, knocking him down. Then he decides to knee him against the wall and throw him on the ground Other officers intervened. And then the first officer dragged him up and threw him into the holding cell. You saw all of this. Police Commissioner William Dyer detailed a timeline that said the man who was assaulted was arrested at 4:53 a.m. Booked in the Warren Police Jail at 6.03 a.m. And the jail officer took custody of the man at 6.06 a.m. Then the police commissioner said the first strike happened at 6:08 a.m. And the other officers intervened six seconds after the first strike and got the victim into a holding cell within 45 seconds. According to the commissioner of police, an internal affairs investigation was initiated at 810 AM, that same day, 810 AM. And the officer was placed on leave at 9 AM, same day, 9 AM. The commissioner also said he ordered the victim to be taken to the hospital, despite not requesting medical care. And the man was cleared and returned to the cell at 12, 12 PM. Acts of misconduct by the Warren Police Department will not be tolerated. The commissioner said, all acts of police misconduct merit a review and a response, okay? So here's the thing, that never should have happened, 14 years on the force. He decides to do this to a teenager in front of cameras, in front of other officers. You think this is his first time doing it, hell no. Of course not, he was too comfortable. What kind of person, an adult in a professional capacity is set off by a, a, a word maybe from a teenager who's obviously already having a bad day. Please remember, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. He struck an innocent teenager because he is part of an industry that typically would have protected his activity. The fact that law enforcement routinely has protected guys like him is the reason that many of them continue to act in the way they do. Examples like this have to be shown, it has to be promoted. This man was dealt with within hours, it did not take days. It did not take weeks, hell, we just had a case last week. It took five damn years before they decided to actually discipline the officer who engaged in misconduct. It took them basically five hours. I like your style commissioner. Now to the charge or charges, they should be more extensive. Possibly we get to that point when there's a grand jury indictment. Max thoughts.
2: I mean two minutes, it took two minutes for this kid to go from being taken into being punched in the face and you can see in the video his hands are at his side he's not even wearing shoes it's not even clear his lips are moving you cannot fill out an intake form in 2 minutes right. so this guy stopped midway through to go teach this kid a lesson and the fact is you know the police commissioner made the right move absolutely yeah. and more people should follow that but the fact that those officers when they rushed up uh, didn't immediately restrain that officer shows that there may be a bigger problem in that department and that, if that commissioner's committed He'll follow that wherever it leads and do what you have to do to clean it up.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, The officers, in my opinion, should have arrested the cop who did this on site. There is no law prohibiting them from doing so. It's just not, you know, industry standard. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back, still have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments I'm kind of press time, all right? Constrained underscore agency. So the public will have to file FOIA requests to get the results. More evidence that police should not be in charge of internal investigations. And it's ironic because they're being sued due to the fact that FOIA has already been filed and there has been no response from law enforcement. And so now you have to adjudicate when law enforcement engages in such contrary behavior, but good point, good question. All right, Candace Dam Owens, the number one black white supremacist in America. Says black people are soft and cry like B words. Yep, let's put it up full mass. This is going to be quite interesting. Owens would post the following about black people. I am not kidding when I say that over 90% of my podcast content criticizes white people in politics and culture. But because black people are soft, emotional and have had their brains rotted by black lives matter. In the rare circumstances that I cover a black topic, they cry like, this was in response to the blowback she received from following a tweet about Juneteenth. Juneteenth is still ghetto and made up. Hope everyone enjoys it. Let's just pause on that moment for a second. She believes it's ghetto because it's black. Who's doing the race baiting, Ms. Owens? Juneteenth is a Federal holiday now. But even before it was a federal holiday, it was a state holiday in many places. Primarily Texas, they celebrated like no other. So while you say it is ghetto, where do you get this reference from? Also, when you say it is made up, all holidays matter are made up. But there's more fact in Juneteenth than in let's say Christmas. Would you not agree, there's more, let's put it up. Candace Owens says last week on my podcast, I covered Lance Bass, Megan Fox, David Rubin, Prince Harry, blah, blah, blah. But um, Juneteenth, generally speaking, black people today are emotionally silly and and petty and putty and cannot take any criticism without crying racism. I I find this ironic Miss Owens because you told us, that people were being racist against your husband, you told us this, uh, let's put it up. Uh, you see the white man, that's her husband. She said that people are racist against him. So I want you to remember when Owen's husband George Farmer tried to hire acclaimed designer David Neto, to work on their home and Neto wrote the following reply via email. Dear George, thank you for your inquiry. I'd rather get beat in the ASS with a wooden plank than ever go near either of you, kind regards, David, okay? Candace would then cry, racism is the reason for that response. If a white conservative male had written that email, To an outspoken black liberal, he would have lost everything, she said. They would have said it was like Jim Crow. So she cries racism because somebody doesn't like um, them. Not because of their race, uh, because he believes they they are simply horrible people. Yeah, Uh, or how about this other claim? Let's put it up, when she called the CEO, of the American Sellers Association Racist for lab- labeling her book as uh, racist. Candace Owens says, I am calling for a public apology from ABA book. And Allison Hill, it is an act of unspeakable, explicit racism for a white woman to send around an email slandering and denigrating an autobiographical book from a black woman who came from nothing. We cannot accept this racism, end quote Candace Owens. (laughs) Ma'am, you are, I gotta say this Candace, you're damn good at what you do, okay? Challenge you to come on the bullpen, I've been challenging you for what? Two years plus, Um, you can hop your happy ass up y'all anytime you want to, all right? I will reschedule others to make sure you have on the red carpet as you obviously feel you deserve. Um, you do need a straightening, you need a lesson. I engage you in a debate anytime, any place, anywhere. Your hypocrisy, pound for pound battle, is more aggressive and severe than 10 Donald Trump's combined. Just looking over, your trajectory from claiming the NAACP race baits to having them support you when you claimed there was racism against you inside of a school. The
2: hypocrisy, it's unreal. All right, Max thoughts. This is the same Candace Owens who says that doctors should be forced to debate Elon Musk about the COVID vaccine. Right. Yet for some reason won't take up a debate invitation for your show. So maybe you know she just missed the memo. But this is so classic Candace Owens to call black people whiny complainers by whining and complaining on Twitter to drive your traffic. And it really does show how for black Americans, there's no way to win. You can be 13 and they're calling you a violent black thug, or you're too emotional and whiny and not tough enough. So, where is the middle ground here? And for Candace Owens, I would just love to know when racism actually exists because she seems to have a really complicated relationship with the idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, we will bring you the update if she ever accepts my offer. You know, we've always said, hey, what happens? if one day a Karen calls the cops and the cop is an anti-Karen,
3: well, it happened, here it is. You live in a gated community. Yes. You are entering your community. Yes. They tailgate you in because they're obviously delivering something. Supposedly. Stop interrupting me, okay? Let me explain, because this is if, if I'm hearing you correctly, this is absolutely absurd. But then he gets out of his car and Okay, mm-hmm. the reason he gets out of his, they're making the delivery in this video. Okay. You follow them, okay. you get out of your car, hey, and you approach them. It's it's in there. And whoever comes into there to make deliveries is quite frankly none of your business. You are the aggressor in this. They're making a delivery, you decide to follow them. When they stop and get out of their car, you decide to get out of your car and confront them, and you're surprised they took that as an act of aggression? This is absurd. Okay. Hang tight with him, I'm no, I, I actually understand your frustration, so- He just, he came out, he okay. followed us the whole way, we were just delivering so we can come and eat. We just got in town. Okay.
1: That cop needs to be the damn attorney general. Uh, this individual saw exactly what it was immediately. He knew what was happening, called it out. I mean, he saw the case in about 60 seconds. Sharon, to me, this was a very beautiful thing for, the, for a cop showing his um, investigative prowess by telling him play by play. Here's what really happened.
4: I rather enjoyed it. It was like he had a badge of kryptonite for right, Ant- right. You know. He's an anti caring crusader and he told, and I love the part where he said, none of your business and he told him to be quiet and let me finish, let me finish, okay? Had he been on the force in Sanford, Florida, I know a young man who was carrying Skittles and a Snapple that would probably be alive.
1: That's right, Mm -hmm. that is correct. That's why leadership matters. Very good point Sharon. A black mayor in Alabama, he wins, the city, the council and the former mayor refused to seat him, breaking the law. Let's put it up for mass, what you're looking at is current day America. Patrick Braxton ran to become the first black mayor of New Bern, Alabama in 2020. With no opponent, he ascended into the office by default, that happens. But you'd never know it, the previous mayor, Haywood, Woody Stokes, the third is still serving as mayor despite the fact that he failed to submit the necessary paperwork to even run for the role. Before Braxton, the position of mayor in this town had always been passed down from white friend to white friend. Then the cogs of conspiracy, it seems, began to turn. Former members of the then majority White Town Council members who had also failed to file qualifying paperwork, held that Braxton claims was unpublicized. Unlawful meeting to order a special election to fill their own seats. Only those present at the meeting knew about the decision, Braxton said. And were were the only ones to qualify for the offices. After they assumed office, not voted into office, after they assumed office, Braxton explained they met again without public notice and appointed Stokes as mayor after he was already the winner. At this point, Braxton was even locked out of the town hall. And in the same sense, he's been unable to discharge his duties as the official mayor of the town. Now. Nearly three years into his term, Mayor Braxton is still unable to discharge the duties of his office. In a federal civil rights lawsuit, the mayor claims that since he became mayor of Newbern, former mayor Stokes and others have participated in an illegal conspiracy to prevent him from governing the affairs of the town simply because of his race. That conspiracy, Braxton argues, violates federal law and the US Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Let me say this before I go to the next point. Right there gives the DOJ's Department of Civil Rights the ability to investigate that part right there. Because you now have a question of significant constitutional origin. That is what's necessary for the federal government to get involved, you now have it. He's made the case clear for you and even filed the suit. In their response to the lawsuit, Stokes and the purported members of the town council deny any wrongdoing. Braxton, Mayor Braxton and the members of the town council, the defendants claim will be unable to prove a conspiracy took place. (laughs) Will be unable to prove a conspiracy took place. Will be unable to prove a conspiracy took place. The defendants too claim immunity from the suit arguing that the law in situations like this was not clearly established. Well, thankfully, your misunderstanding of the law does not give you immunity from it. Yes, you all have basically admitted to it, you just don't know it. An attorney is going to help you see the light real soon. Max thoughts
2: here. Well, according to Candace Owens, the Jim Crow doesn't exist. (laughs) So I don't know what the problem is. I mean, I don't see how you can be any clearer that Republicans don't care about democracy. They would rather dissolve democracy entirely than have to look up to a black man who's in a position of public office. And they're saying very clearly not we didn't do it. They're saying you're not gonna prove it because we have this big white wall of silence as we've seen in courtrooms in the south for decades. And the sad thing is, at the local level, they're probably right. And this is another example where the DOJ created the Civil Rights Department for this specific purpose. Right. This may be the most transparent case I have ever seen. And I really hope they get involved.
1: Yeah, they have to get involved. I know they have their hands full. I know they are actually being more aggressive now than they have been in many years. Uh, budget has to get Uh, bigger in order for them to continue the good work of providing what's needed to local communities. We'll bring you updates as they come. All right, remember this? So a judge acquits a cop who decided to kneel on a teen's back. We all saw the video, let's go to it as a reminder, here it is.
0: Angel and Nicole Nieves say their 14 year old boy referred to as JN is still trying to process what happened to him on July 1st.
3: This was a situation where he faced something that was egregious and tragic and he did happen to be the only brown boy there. And so that's an important factor with how we are processing this as a family.
0: Off-duty, Chicago Police Sergeant Michael Vitallaro was caught on camera pinning JN to the ground after he wrongly accused the boy of stealing his own son's bicycle. Vitallaro faces two felony charges, one for official misconduct and a second for aggravated battery. We're so grateful for
3: today's progress towards accountability and towards justice.
0: The Civilian Office of Police Accountability and Chicago Police Department are also investigating, confirming the sergeant was relieved of police powers on Wednesday.
1: This is why we follow the cases all the way through. Because many will assume that justice takes place once a cop is charged with something obviously they should have been charged with. Let's put up the picture full mask, here's your update to this story. 48 year old Michael Betelero, the off duty Chicago cop who was a sergeant. He was uh, placed on leave when this happened. He had his knee on the back of a 14 year old child, a 14 year old child, a minor. He has now been acquitted of aggravated assault and felony official misconduct. The incident occurred last August after he wrongly accused the teen of stealing his son's bike. Disappointed in the judge's ruling, the family vows to file a civil suit. The officer's attorney James McKay Jr said in a statement that finding his client not guilty in all counts was the only ruling the judge could have made. It was based on all the evidence presented in court and the Illinois law that applied to the case period, McKay told CNN. It was not, it cannot be based on any narrative promoted on social media by people who were not there that day. McKay questioned the credibility of prosecution witnesses. The officer's actions were reasonable and not forceful. He said noting the teen was not injured and did not get a scratch. Well, attorney that is not the prerequisite for someone to engage in official misconduct. The fact they don't have a mark on their body is not a defense. But I will say this. The defense attorney knew what he was doing here because he requested a trial by judge rather than a trial by jury. Typically, when they do that, they know what kind of personality and judicial philosophy is carried in that courtroom by that judge. There's more. Um, According to the report, the cop had gotten information that his son's bike was stolen from the local library and then seen at a nearby Starbucks, according to a criminal complaint. Uh, The video footage from the Starbucks and other businesses in the area showed the team was not the person who took the bicycle. We were able to establish that when it first happened. He was wrong all the way around, charged because the DA thought it was a criminal act. He was fired because his agency knew what he did was wrong. And then a judge says, Ah, everything he did was actually right, Max thoughts.
2: Well, you make a great point there too, that even though it's your right to ask for a bench trial, It's not a coincidence that a growing majority of police officers and departments request bench trials because those judges are not completely objective people in robes. They're in many cases politicians who were elected or who were appointed by political leaders. They have a very strong deference to police departments and police authority. I believe in most cases where there is a bench trial of a police officer, even off duty like this, they're acquitted. So it, it does say quite a bit that police officers don't feel the need to face a jury of their peers because in many ways, they feel like they shouldn't be policed by regular people. And that says quite a bit about where they are.
1: Yep, and it says a lot about where we are as well. Dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work.
2: You can check me out on Rebel HQ or on Twitter at TheMaxBurns. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you,
1: my friend, always a pleasure.
2: All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of
1: each other. Take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable.
3: When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are.
1: A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is.
2: You know who created redlining
3: in this country, mm-hmm. it was a
1: white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I racist things. policy. Shelly, here's what, what I, I don't to. know. I don't it's know, Trump see, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this <laughs> truth, but you're gonna get it, though.